You're listening to Spirited Spirits, a spooky-centric podcast where we enjoy a spirit while we talk about spirits. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And tonight, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite spooky topics, vampires. Yeah, the evil (laughs) ones, not the sparkly ones. No. Okay, so Drew doesn't like vampires unless they're evil, blood-sucking beings. But I'm partial to modern day vampires where they're struggling with their humanity and you know my uh, my favorite show is the vampire diaries i've rewatched it so many times i've lost count yeah um netflix sends us an e or sends me an email every so often that says are you finished watching the vampire diaries no netflix we are i I don't watch it we are never finished watching vampire diaries (laughs) because once stephanie finishes the series she pretty much starts it over again. Yeah, or I just rewatched certain episodes. Pretty, pretty obsessed at this point. <laughs> but even before the Vampire Diaries, I loved Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. That one's fine. I interview with the vampire is fine because at least you have Lestat, who is the evil vampire. But man, like Lost Boys and Dracula, vampires are supposed to be the bad guys. Well, then you will like what I'm going to be talking about for the next two weeks. So I'm actually going to be doing a two-parter. This first part on vampires will discuss the history and the folklore. And then in part two, um, we're going to be talking about modern-day murders that are blamed on vampires, or at Uh, least people who claim to be vampires. So you're going to talk about the vampire cult gang and Murray. Well, don't jump ahead of me just yet. But yes, I will definitely get into that case next week. Um, but first, let's dive into the vampire folklore. Why has the myth persisted for so long? You know, so let's let's find out. Let's talk about it. That sounds good to me. Um, by the way, listeners, tonight we're taking a break from making cocktails mm-hmm. and just enjoying some good old-fashioned wine. <laughs> yes, I. So I ended up finding at um, Total Wine Forbidden Kiss. It's a sparkling rosé, and I thought it was very appropriate for tonight. Forbidden kiss would be like a vampire's like kiss. Like immortal guess. kiss. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay. So to begin, what exactly is a vampire? Well, according to the Element Encyclopedia of Ghost and Hauntings by Teresa Chung, a vampire is either the living dead, a resurrected corpse, or the ghost of a corpse that leaves its grave at night and enters the world of the living, feeding off of them to survive. <clears throat> so during my research, I've learned that there have been many stories of supernatural blood-sucking creatures across many different cultures. Um, in North Africa, there's the Lamia, who would suck the blood from babies in the night. That's not good. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> then there was the Chinese vampire known as Chiyung Shai, which I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, in Filipino folklore, there's a belief in the Aswang. Aswang? Again, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but it's a blend of a vampire, witch, and a shape-shifting creature, apparently. That's a lot going on for <laughs> a I think, supernatural Well, thing. I think you'll find a lot of these kind of... Um, blend it's like there's like the vampire undead like zombie witch there's like this whole thing but you gotta put it all under the vampire yeah it's just the supernatural being thing 
<clears throat> so in Romania, the Strigoi is an evil spirit that rises from the grave, transforming into an animal, drinking the blood of humans to survive. And then in Celtic tales, there is the Dahong Dua. I, again, hope I pronounced that correctly. It's a female blood-sucking demon that seduces and sucks the blood, blood of men. That sounds like a succubus. That sounds like yeah. Jennifer from Jennifer's Body, which is a great movie. It's underrated. Okay? I I really like that one. Yeah, um, of course you would. <laughs> Megan you would. Okay, hold on a second. I feel like Meg, that movie gets a lot, a lot of shit, and it's not bad. It's really good. You even like it. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. But, yes, yeah, so even even in Hebrew folklore, right? So, um, Old Testament, there's Lilith that's said to be Adam's first wife before Eve. Lilith was banished from the Garden of Eden because she was not honoring Adam. She wasn't doing what he said or, like, you know. Right. So she became a she-demon and queen of the succubi. So she's actually, a lot of people have picked up on Lilith and made it all about, like, women's empowerment and, like, feminist beliefs because she wouldn't do what Adam said. Oh. Yeah. So, and then <clears throat> there's also the real-life blood countess, Elizabeth Battery. She was a Hungarian noblewoman who was said to have tortured and killed hundreds of virgins. And then she would bathe in their blood to retain her youth and beauty. You know what's interesting about that? And... <clears throat> What? Just because recently there was an article like kind of like putting this like to modern times that Vladimir Putin oh shit <laughs> like bathes in deer antlers I and think deer, I did see something deer about blood that. to like ma- like <clears throat> keep him young. So I just think it's odd that we have a you know in the in the history of like vampire folklore we have Elizabeth Bathory that bathed in the like in the blood of virgins mm-hmm. and then we have putin who's like yeah i'm not gonna do that but i'm gonna bathe <clears throat> in the blood of deer <laughs> so well i don't know whatever but blood is life right i guess blood is life <laughs> so to be clear the term vampire didn't enter the english language until 1732 in his book vampire forensics uncovering the origins of an enduring legend Mark Collins Jenkins explains that linguists have long debated the origins of the word vampire, and they seem to agree that it's Slavic in nature, thought to stem from the root word uber, which is Turkish for witch, actually. So Again, all, the blending of... So all ubers are vampires. Or witches. Okay. Um, Got it. <laughs> the, and then there were local adaptations for the word. So there's vampire, uper, uper, upire... And other cognate forms. I again, All those words are very Pronouncing similar. things, I, I don't know, whatever. But they also consider the Greek word pie, which means to drink. So a vampire, you know, drinks blood, right? Right. So the pie, again, the vampire. So vampire is essentially an anglicized version of a medieval Serbian word. Stories and superstitions about vampires have existed for hundreds of years in Eastern Europe. Some of the earliest written evidence appears in the margins of a manuscript called the Book of Prophets, which dates back to 1047. And there's also a 15th century insertion in the story of how the pagans honored their idols, which explains that the pagans 
offered blood sacrifices mm. and they were made to vampires. So the vampire myth predates Christianity, but then the 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 word itself essentially arose out of the battle between Christianity and paganism, the pagan world. I mean, that's what it sounds like based on what I've read. That's interesting. Yeah, which is interesting also because Christianity, you have Jesus Christ and giving his blood, um, you know, to to essentially save us, right? Like the uh, Catholics believe in transfiguration, right? Right. But they believe the blood, the, the, the wine actually becomes blood and you drink it, consuming it. Okay. During yeah. um, communion. Communion, yeah. Okay. So, um, but vampires were actually blamed for a lot of diseases that caused people to waste away and die. So, for example, the bubonic plague, Black Death, right? Right. Fueled the vampire myth in Western Europe. And then again in New England, the white plague, so tuberculosis, tuberculosis which we've talked about right. right, with Waverly, was often blamed on vampires in the 19th century. Ah, that makes sense. Like right. consumption and stuff, like people believing victims were being consumed. By a family member who had like become like a vampire. Right, right. So, so there's one story that you probably have heard of, of Mercy Lena Brown. She was believed to be a vampire who preyed on her family members in Exeter, Rhode Island. She died from consumption 10 years after her mom, okay? Mary Eliza was her mom's name. She first died from the disease. And tuberculosis just ravaged their family. So first her mother, then her sister, Mary Olive. Later, her brother, Edwin, came down with consumption, but they sent him to the Rockies to get that fresh air, right? Yeah, it's like like with Waverly. Right, right. And then Mercy died in January of 1892, but the ground was too frozen to actually bury her, so they kept her in this mausoleum, okay? So then Edwin returns home, and he begins experiencing symptoms again, and... Um, Edwin and his father, George, are told that one of the women who died in their family is likely the one who's preying on Edwin, like causing the symptoms. Like they're coming back from their grave and preying on Edwin. So George and several townsmen exhume the bodies of Mary Eliza, Mary Olive, and Mercy, Lena. And not surprisingly, Mercy's body was said to have been well-preserved, likely because she was, A, last to die, and B, her body was stored in a cold mausoleum. Oh, yeah. That right. Makes sense. So, but then they claim that there was fresh blood in her mouth, indicating she was the vampire. So, it wasn't the tuberculosis. It's the fact that she's a vampire. <laughs> Right, right. So, but I mean, so okay. Right. So the men cut out Mercy's heart. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they burned it to ash. Okay. And then they used the ash to create a tonic, which they then give to Edwin, and he has to drink it. And it's supposed to help cure him of the affliction. Okay. That that doesn't sound like that would work. But... It didn't. Edwin died four months later. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. So, that didn't work. So maybe you know maybe don't like cut somebody's heart out after they're dead and burn it and, and drink get, their and drink, ashes. Drink their dead heart ashes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. But this actually was not an isolated case. Exhumations of this kind took place across New England. People believe these corpses were inhabited by evil spirits, and they believe that they either physically or psychically drain the life force. From surviving family members. Like a psychic vampire, like in right. what we do in the shadows. I'm going to talk a little bit about that next week. Because that's like, that's become a thing, psychic vampires. But um, ritualistic <clears throat> cures varied by region. 
Okay, so many graves have been found in which the bones of the alleged vampire were rearranged in a skull and crossbones pattern. And then others had bricks or stones that were shoved into their mouths to prevent them from biting after they had, you know, died. They were afraid they would come back and, I guess, chomp down on you. Um, but even still, some bodies were impaled Thanks. into the ground with nails or spikes or stakes or whatever to prevent them from rising from their graves. Um, there are people in Romania who still perform these rituals to this day. They believe if someone dies... Day? Yes. They believe... Oh. I watched a video, oh. and they believe if someone dies young, then they may come back as a vampire to seek revenge. If they die young, they would come back and seek revenge yeah. as a vampire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds so, like the Lost Boys. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, for many centuries, vampires have been associated with disease and death. Okay. Um, so, they were considered biological parasites, right? Like feeding off of other people, sucking the blood, you know, like a tick or like a uh, vampire bat feeding right. from. And I guess in some ways that belief still exists in some form, but there's definitely a turning point in okay. the 20th century. So again, in, in Vampire Forensics, which I got that book um, off of Amazon and I'll link to it in the show notes. Author Mark Collins Jenkins explains the vampire who started life, that shambling zombie, has climbed the social ladder. In fact, he has pulled a very neat switch. Once the epitome of corruptible death, he has become a symbol of life, of life lived more intensely, more glamorously, and more wantonly with bites having become kisses, right? That forbidden kiss. Then what passes for life on this side of the curtain? And why is that? Well, the vampire has been romanticized. And in a very well-known graphic novel, you can probably guess what I'm going to say. It's not Twilight. It's Dracula. <laughs> it's Dracula. <laughs> yeah, because that's a great book. <laughs> well, that was the first time they really did romanticize it. Um, published in 1897, Bram Stoker's Dracula changed the game. Oh, yeah, it did. Stoker incorporated Eastern European beliefs about vampires, and he creates this list of traits that ultimately defines what it means to be a vampire, right? So there's the hypnotic gaze, where he looks into your eyes, and he's able to compel you, right? Yeah. And then you have the nocturnal hunter. So he hunts at night and he avoids the sun. And there's the shapeshifter, right? The sh he's a, he's a shapeshifter. He can transform into a bat or in Dracula, he can transform also into a wolf, mm -hmm. right? Um, he's repulsed by garlic. He hates religious symbols like the cross. So Stoker was actually inspired by the legend of the bloodthirsty ruler, Vlad Tepes also known as Vlad the Impaler or Vlad Dracula, Dracul, um, of the kingdom of Wallachia. Again, hope I'm pronouncing all of that correctly. Um, so not only did Vlad impale his enemies on stakes, but it is said that he would dip his bread in their blood. Like he would collect their blood in a bowl and then he would break his bread and dip it in and eat it. Kind of like, again, it makes me think of um, how we do communion. We dip mm. our bread in... That's interesting. 
Yeah. So I would like to point out that I love, I love the um, the version like of Dra- of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think that's the perfect like vampire. What that what that looks like? Mm-hmm. Somebody that's you know hunts in the darkness, but also like woos the young women right. and and like compels them, but also he's feeding off them in the middle of the night. But then you have like Van Helsing, and you have you know. The vampire hunter. The vampire who's, hunter yeah. who's hunting him. That that lore and that type of stuff is I'm like that's what I love about and, vampires. Well, th- well, so you'll like this because as part of my research, I found there were vampire kits. There were va- vampire hunter kits. People created kits with like crucifix and holy water and stakes, and th- and they had these cases of vampire hunting equipment. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought you would like that. Remember that one time um, for Halloween, I was like a vampire and you were a vampire hunter. Yes, I was Van Van Helsing. It was was great. That was fun. I I ended up like taking an old Nerf gun and making it into like a steampunk looking vampire gun (laughs) with like gears and... And coloring the the darts to look like... You like spray painted? Yeah, spray painted. But I colored the darts to look like, um, like steaks. Like it was shooting steaks like wood, out. Like wood bullets. Yeah, wood bullets. Yeah. It was great. It was fun. We're a lot of fun, guys. Like <laughs> you, our, our Halloween parties are great. Yeah, we're um, fun. So anyway, so uh, Stoker creates this vampire aristocrat. Okay, so like you were saying, he just seduces women, he drinks their blood, and he sustains his immortal life, okay, by doing this. So what really helped secure Dracula's reign in the 20th century was the fact that Universal Studios in 1931 created the film yes. version of Dracula. Okay. Yes. And so in which Bella Lugosi, Bella Lugosi plays the title role, you know, so this slicked back, dark hair, black cape, menacing stare, it becomes the stereotypical vampire look. Uh, that I would have to say though, if, if you haven't checked out the Universal monster movies, that definitely is something to check out. They're yeah. they're not very long. I mean, I think Dracula maybe is like an hour, maybe a little know. bit more. It's 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 pretty short, but they're just so much fun. Like atmosphere, like out the wazoo. I mean, it's just just complete an atmospheric movie, mm-hmm. and and they do a great job. And especially considering what you know, it's nineteen thirty one. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Um, but taking the vampire and making it that's that's the the trademark look. Mm-hmm. After that, although did you know that Bella Lugosi didn't have fangs? His his Dracula I, did not have fangs. I don't think I knew that. So Dracula's fangs were actually not introduced until the 1958 film adaptation with Christopher Lee as oh, Count Dracula. Man. That's a good. Isn't one that too. a Hammer film? That's a Hammer. Yeah, film? they're Hammer. They're, I think they're Hammer films. Yeah. yeah, that's those. Those are great too. <laughs> so that's when finally. Dracula got his teeth, his yeah. fangs, and he started biting and sucking. Really, which you know that you could see, like visibly see his fangs and the blood dripping from them. Well, I'm kind of wondering if 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 the fang if the fangs were more in the folklore, and they didn't put it in the movie in Dracula, like in in Universal Dracula, and then they just put it. That's when they did it in like Christopher Lee's version. Yeah, I don't know. So. I just I just found that piece of trivia, and I thought you would find that interesting. I do find that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, so really over the past, you know, 60 years or so, there have been numerous Dracula inspired vampire films, books, TV shows, and many of these stories still use the vampire traits as defined by Bram Stoker. I mean, he really, he set the rules. However, some shows have chosen to adapt their vampires, making them more likable for the modern viewer. As I mentioned in the beginning, there's Interview with the Vampires, Louis, a vampire who retains some of his humanity and hates feeding on humans to survive. Right? Actually, I I like that movie a lot. I would say out of the modern vampire take, where you have a little bit more of a sympathetic vampire, I feel like that's the best version of it mm-hmm. because you have him... Um, he He's also like caring for... Oh God, I'm I'm blanking on her name. Claudia. <laughs> Claudia. Mm-hmm. He's caring for Claudia, and mm-hmm. you know he has he's fighting against Lestat, and Lestat keeps showing up. Then you have like Antonio Banderas come in with the um, the is it like a circus or the theater of vampires? Mm-hmm. So there's like a di- there's different levels to that that and it vampires just... pretending to be humans pretending to be vampires. Yes. How avant garde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, that's, I feel like out of the modern vampire where you feel like a little bit sympathetic, I feel like that's the best version. Well, it's like he's still, he like, I think he had been struggling with the grief of losing his son and his wife. And so then he like accepts becoming a vampire, but then immediately regrets it. He immediately regrets it. Right. He hates who he is. Right. And so then he starts feeding off of rats and such and... So yeah, I, I I just I really did enjoy that story. Um, one of one of the biggest pieces of trivia that I find really interesting about that film is mm-hmm. they actually. <laughs> if I'm and I might be wrong, I, I might be wrong in this, but I think I'm correct. <laughs> is that they would hang the actors upside down and oh like, to get their blood to get their the blood vein. to go to their face and then they would put the makeup on to where their veins were. Right. So that you would, like, their veins are a little more pronounced. I think I did hear that. <laughs> so, I think I did see something about that. That's that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and then, well, and then, again, bucking on tradition is Twilight, right? Oh, God. With the Cullen Clan. I, I hate, I <laughs> And hate vampires who sparkle in the movie. sun. Look, I, I, okay, and I don't like it. I'd rather my vampires burn up in the sun. So, um... You know, that's why my favorite show really is Vampire Diaries. Well, hold on. Before we go into Vampire Diaries, okay. let's go into Twilight and how why? terrible Twilight I is. I know you hate it's it. It's so bad. It's it's bad. And I, baby, you you took me to some of those movies. I did, yeah. And I read the books, though, before the movies not good. came out. I mean, the fact that like, he sparkles in the sun, and then at one point he says to Bill, I, I'll never forget that, because... They're in the forest, and he says, "You're my own personal brand of heroin." I'm sorry, what? It's because he's that's addicted a red flag. to her blood. Yeah, that's something. a red. That's a red like a relationship red flag. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, those movies are terrible. They need to be shot into the sun. That's how bad they are. <laughs> so. I mean, I I applaud Stephanie Meyer for trying to do something different to take the. But she wasn't doing something. She different. was. She was taking the idea of the vampire and trying to like expand upon it like Wasn't come it up with her own though? it was fan fiction though no that's um uh uh oh, the gray's one the gray 
Oh, that's um Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. That is okay. that was Twilight fan fiction apparently. Okay, I'm sorry. I went from I mean, they're both terrible. They're both terrible movies. So I mean they're one that married to each other with that terribleness. So Okay, but anyway, so real quick, my favorite show, Vampire Diaries. What I really like about it is you have two brothers, Stefan and Damon. They're, they become vampires, and the, then they fall in love with this human girl named Elena who resembles the vampire, Catherine, who turned them in the 1800s. Stefan is like the one who has his humanity on. He regrets becoming a vampire. He drinks animal blood. But then Damon kind of relishes in the feed and, and, and enjoys um, t- you know, drinking the blood and turning off his humanity when he feels guilty. However, in the end, it's Damon who, in his love for Elena, that ultimately changes him from the villain to the hero. So I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It's my, my favorite show. Well, I'm gonna so go ahead and say that my you're... my favorite vampire media, okay, is the following. Mm-hmm. So first. We have to talk about Dracula. Dracula is the one we talked about already. I mean, that's that's the big one. Mm-hmm. Lost Boys. I know you What were. a great movie. Yeah, you that, have such a thing for Kiefer Sutherland. I don't have a thing for Kiefer Sutherland. You have Sutherland. a male boner. I, I do not have a male boner for <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Although he is great in 24. Um, no, but that movie is fantastic. Then you have 30 Days a Night, which yes. is based off a graphic novel. That is a that's good one. That's amazing. But they're also more, You know what those vampires remind me of? What? The uh, is it the Omega Man and um, what is it oh, like called? I am I am legend I am legend where situation. the vampires are more like um, they're animalistic animalistic yeah they're just like they don't even like they just grunt at each other they don't even they have like a certain language that they developed for the movie I know right. for sure in Thirty Days a Night where they they actually created a language that the yes. vampires speak which is great that makes sense that, yeah it's like I, kind of a nokian or something yeah. like it's it pulls from angelic language right. and the whole idea of there's 30 days of night which actually that's not true like geographically <laughs> but there's something so, but um but 30 days of night where they're that's that's why they go there mm-hmm. because and they know that because they, can of, just they, they know the sun's not going to come up that's they can just be without what a brilliant concept yeah Twilight doesn't touch that with a 10-foot fucking but, pole. But in Twilight, they live in Washington, and it's always cloudy. Bullshit. <laughs> that's the other thing, too, that's complete bullshit. They live in Washington because it's rainy all the time. Come the fuck on. Like, really? <laughs> no. So um, so there's that one. And then, oh, man, there's so many other different ones. Well, okay, so, okay, so real quick. Yeah. So modern vampires have become this love interest, struggling with their desire for blood, feeding on humans. Um, but then and there's still the occasional villain vampire, right? Like you mentioned, 30 Days a Night. But there's always this more complexity. Um, Their vampires are nowadays are motivated by something more than just feeding, more than just blood. So I'm thinking also of the recent Dracula adaptation, uh, Wes Craven's Dracula 2000. Man. <laughs> where it's because it, he's like, well, I don't want to give it up. If you've seen it, like pause here or like skip ahead 30 seconds. But um, in Dracula 2000, Dracula is actually Judas and he betrayed Jesus, right? And he hung himself, but then he didn't really die or he, he dies, but he comes back and he's, he becomes the vampire. And so it's the coins, the silver coins. And that. so there's this whole mythology of silver and. Well, that's how they they build in that 
that silver, why silver hurts him is because right. it's, just, it's the 30 pieces of silver that he betrayed Jesus for. Right. And that's why silver hurts so him. So there's, it's more complex than yes. just. Yeah. That so. movie has some very complex, like has some like great it. lore in it. Yeah. It's getting a little dated. Like you have vitamin well, C as like one 90s. of the main people. Like, it's I guess early two thousands, right. late nineties, early two thousands. But I still like it. It's fun. It is fun. It's it takes place in New Orleans, and that's a fun. Yeah, fun and around um, Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Yeah. So we always watch it around Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's fun. So anyway, um, so you've already kind of said some of your favorite vampire movies. You like Dracula. You like Thirty Days a Night. You like Lost Boys. Yes. Those are those are your fave. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably forgetting some because <laughs> I mean, there's there's other ones. I think the the whole idea of the vampire being like the evil creature or like the bad guy, and then you have a ragtag group of people, heroes that are figuring out mm-hmm. like what they need to do to survive, but also what they need to do to to you know, get rid of the vampire is, Ooh, is the best I just one. thought of one. What's that? Um, Fright Night. Oh, wow, I forget that one. Fright Night's a great one. Oh my God, yes, Fright Night. And that also kind of plays on the the That's... mythos of vampires, oh, right? Shit. Like okay. his reflection in yes. the mirror. If you have not watched Fright Night, please the watch original. Fright Night. The original Fright Night. The, the, the remake, new one's okay. The new the one's remake's eh, okay. It's all right. The original one uh-huh. is amazing it is like so 80s fun. it's like, 80s to the max 80s like, to the so max fun. there's an awesome 80s song in there <laughs> like you know it's just it's great the makeup effects are chef's kiss they're great awesome go mm-hmm. see it go see, go see it. it go see it at a theater now <laughs> <laughs> no or you know you know maybe just Amazon. rent it or like stream it on <laughs> You just dated yourself. I did. I Nobody did. goes to the movies anymore. No one goes to the movies anymore. <laughs> what's, a, what's a theater? <laughs> anyway. So I'm going to stop here for this week. but Because okay. um, I do plan to discuss how these modern takes on um, vampire stories and myths and legends have really inspired some truly gruesome murders. Right. We're going to get some true crime after this. <sighs> yeah. So, but I did want to get your opinion. Babe, why do you think vampire legends have persisted throughout time and across so many cultures? Why are there mm. so many stories of blood-sucking creatures? Even if they're not called vampires, why do you think this legend, this mythology behind blood-sucking creatures, why has it persisted? Well, you kind of touched on like the bubonic plague and tuberculosis and those type of things. I think when those scary type of things happen... Mm-hmm people will invent the folklore or something to to have that answer and to explain it and so i think that the vampire is very much a easy way to just kind of explain something that doesn't have like that's unexplainable when it comes to a death where there's blood involved or you know where it feels like i don't know like the blood's out out of their system or they're like you know Pale it looks or something. like they're consumed. Yeah, it looks like they're consumed something. or something. You mm-hmm. can just say, "Oh, a vampire got them." Um, something sucked their blood. Right, something sucked their blood. Mm-hmm. And I think, like with vampire bats, you know, and those type of things, like you know, that it actually do exist in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and ticks it, and, and ticks, mosquitoes. And it's it's very much part of that. You can have that now with you know media and movies and 
those type of things, it's always fun to be scared of the dark and what's mm-hmm. in the dark. And, you know, I think that's a quintessential fear of what's in the dark and being scared. And I think like Dracula and vampires is an easy kind of mark for that. Like what, yeah. what's in the dark? What can get you? Well, it's going to be a vampire because it's something that hunts at night. It's something that can, you know, only come into my house if I'm, if, if they're invited mm-hmm. and those type of things. Also kind of going back to the media thing. I love vampire rules mm-hmm. and I love when they're followed. Mm-hmm. So like when they, when in vampire media or in movies, video games, graphic novels or whatever, when they're like, you know, they can't, they have to have a coffin. Uh, they can't be, you know, they have to be invited in somewhere. Um, silver hurts them. Uh, stake through the heart. Um, sunlight is completely deadly to them. Those type of things. I think when we start to deviate from it, deviate from it, or like kind of say, well, you know, they can go. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going after the vampire diaries here. <laughs> when you're like, oh yeah, they have this daylight fucking ring that they uh, put yeah. on, and they put it on, and they go out to the daylight. That's fucking but that's bullshit. That's because a witch. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter. A witch it's who created it, a daylight ring. So it doesn't matter. Like walk. the vampire like main enemy is sunlight and then you take that away and you they don't have like a, a weakness anymore they so do. i feel like you have to have that uh, yeah and so well, and so i think so but you I, take away their daylight ring they still have a weakness oh no you take away their daylight ring. it happens it's, <laughs> they get their daylight, daylight ring taken away a lot of times in the show well but i also think it's this like fear of death and like the dead coming back it's it's also the zombie thing oh like yeah this, i think zombies and vampires are the dead coming back to yeah. life yes. and yes i so i think there's that but i also think a little bit of it is just this desire for humans to live Forever. beyond yeah this right. immortality um we're, we're always afraid of death right we're so, what will happen after we die right and so if we become a vampire we don't have to worry about that right Right? Because we get to live forever. Right. Even if it means we have to consume someone else's lifeblood, right, to to be able to live on. So I do think that that's also kind of helped with the keep the the myth, the legend um, persisting for as long as it has. And I think, you know, kind of more or less teasing the next episode, (laughs) you know, I think when you consume a lot of this media where mm-hmm. it's like vamp, vampir, vampiric media. <laughs> um, anything that, you know, you have that, and you start to believe that, yes, I can be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Then that's when things happen where you start to well, act on blurring those, lines. Blurring lines of fantasy and reality. Right. Right. And so I think that's where things can get fuzzy. And deadly. And, and deadly. Deadly. And I, deadly. And yeah. I think that's what's going to be interesting next episode is yes. looking at looking at all this folklore looking at the media looking at you know what we have as an uh, as a human race has has written down about vampires and what that has done to us now and some people who believe they can be vampires right i think that's going to be the interesting link there right so i'm going to go into that next week right um, but hey, listeners, we want to hear from you. I mean, we we want your thoughts. What do you think about the enduring legend of vampires? Why do you think they've persisted? Have you met one? Have you met a vampire? <laughs> a psychic vampire, perhaps. Yeah. Do you Maybe, know a psychic vampire? Do you have a psychic vampire in your office? <laughs> you, I did, actually. I did have a psychic <laughs> I vampire. I also did. 
Anyway, um, <laughs> email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Again, that's contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, which is at Spirited Spirits, and on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast. And please, please recommend us to your family and friends who you think might enjoy listening to our podcast. Yes, that's like, that's the best thing you can do. If you've been listening for a while and you really like to listen to us, tell others. Like, say, hey, I know some friends that are doing a podcast and it's kind of all right, maybe good, even good. <laughs> They're just kind of funny to listen to. They're just to funny to listen to. When you're just like driving in the car and you need something to listen to. Right. Pop on, yeah, pop on our podcast. So, yeah, and also <laughs> please like rate us and review us mm-hmm. if you haven't already. We really do we appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for part two of Vampires and Vino. Vampires and Vino's part two. <laughs> Bye. Bye.